I'll be taking my text from Matthew chapter 22. St. Matthew 22, one, one verse, verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the words of Christ, and this is right after he spoke a parable about a wedding and how he invited many to come. And uh, we're going to talk about, hopefully tonight with the Lord's help, the call of God and what that means, how it happens. I looked up the original Greek word used for called here. It means invited or appointed. And when we think about the call of God going out, I certainly want to thank the Lord he ever called me. Uh, This is the time of year that I look back and I don't ever remember the day that I got saved. I didn't know you were supposed to remember things like that. I do know it was a Friday night and I know it was in the November-ish time. And I know that I'd come a few times and heard a few things. But at that moment, uh, that night, the Lord did call me. Uh, he'd, he'd spoken in my heart quite a bit. I'd come to camp meeting the year before and uh, played some basketball with some of the guys. But it's when I came to church and heard the gospel and allowed it to really make a difference to me. I answered the call right over here in a, in a pew. And in a moment of time, when I got honest with the Lord, He made a change in my life that's amazing. 1990. It's been a while. still feel like I'm new around here sometimes, but I'm so thankful for what God did for me that day. In this text, in this wedding, this king is sending forth servants to those in his kingdom to come to the wedding. And uh, if we looked at chapter, chapter 22, let's look at this again. In verse 3, it says, And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. That's willful. They would not come. They refused. They're, they're indignant, sounds like to me even. So a few verses later, you find another plea goes out. In verse 4, it says, Behold, I've prepared my dinner. So we all know if foods, if you include food in anything, more people will come. So this king knew that. And uh, verse 5 says, They made light of it went their way, one to his farm, another to his merchandise, and then the rest actually killed his servants. We, we don't want to take the call of God lightly. The call of God is, uh, is special. It's something that will uh, bring you from, to a point, from a point where you are destined for hell to heaven if you'll respond the right way. We heard this morning how the how our, the condition of our heart can determine what our response will be. 
So the call, uh, when we look at the invitation, that's, that's like a universal call. That's, that's the call that goes out to the whosoever will. Uh, we read in 2 Peter 3.9 that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, that, that's the response that he's looking for. We need to repent. Turn, turn away from the direction we're going and, and, and find the right way to go with the Lord's help. In um, Revelation 22:17, And the spirit of the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The call of God is out of love. He, he, he yearns to see people respond in a way that they would come to Him and would, would turn their life over to Him. In Matthew 11.28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now that sounds good to me, doesn't it? Uh, when you go through life, uh, once you get busy, it just seems like you never stop getting busy. The idea of rest sounds pretty good to me. And when you, you throw in the idea that uh, that rest means that you don't have to worry about where you're headed when you die, that's peace. That's rest. That's assurance. Now, the call of God is not comfortable. When I felt the call of God, I wasn't rejoicing. I was miserable. We can thank God for that too. Conviction. You know, the first time we find that happening, we're going to need to turn to Genesis real quick. Chapter 3. Starting at verse 9. And the Lord called unto Adam... And said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Conviction doesn't feel good. If you go one more verse, you find that his response was not one of repentance, but to blame, to some, blame someone else for what he did. God's call brings discomfort. Whether it's an invitation like this universal call I'm talking about, or if it's an appointment, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. He's going to draw us out of our comfort zone, going to require us to self-examine, to, to look at ourselves. That's what Adam did. Where are you, Adam? Well, I was afraid uh, because he knew where he was. God knew where he was, too. God knows where you are tonight. But the goal of that self-examination is he realized that you can't do anything on your own 
And you need to look to God. You need to ask Him to forgive you. You need to just look to Him and just turn it all over to Him. Like we heard tonight. God does chasten us. But it's out of love. Because His relation with us, His relationship with us, can only be one... uh, He's holy. Uh, It's a holy relationship. Uh, With sin in our heart, He can't have a relationship with us. It's not to condemn us, but it's to save us, to mold us, to shape us, to prepare us so that we can serve him and to prepare us for heaven. Certainly when uh, we're saved, he'll continue to call the saved or the believer to sanctification. And he'll call that one who is a pure vessel to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Those are all God's will. We are told that if we, call, if we ask according to His will, it shall be done. We talk about wanting a hunger. When you have a hunger, you sometimes, again, hunger isn't supposed to feel good. Hunger it causes pain. Hunger makes you uncomfortable. So when you pray for a hunger, know what you're asking for. And when it happens, praise God for it. He wants to do something for you. There's also a personal call. We'll call this the the appointment. This is the other part of the definition. Consecrations. These are personal things. God, God knows us like no one else does. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Those consecrations, he knows exactly what we need to be doing, what we should be giving him, what we should be giving up, what should we be um, doing differently. It could be a call to God's service. It could be guidance. School, work, spouse, family. A personal call, or this appointment type of call, is one that really uh, hits us right where we live. And again, they're not, it's not ever comfortable. It's an opportunity for God to show us where he would like us to be, which means we're not where he wants us to be. That's never comfortable. Uh, so we want to thank the Lord that he does care enough about us to continue to call us and to direct us and guide us. In Isaiah, we find a situation like this. Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also, this is Isaiah speaking, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of, of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. What a sight. Can you imagine? I'd be fearful. Isaiah was fearful. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
Woe is me. That's the right attitude. That's the right attitude. Isaiah realized that he wasn't where God wanted him yet. He got a glimpse of who God was. He got a glimpse and realized, I'm not worthy. He got a glimpse and realized, I'm not ready. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thine, thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Amen. Amen. When we see a need and we look to the Lord for an answer, we get one. We'll get one. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Now, this is Isaiah is different now. He's from woe is me to here I am, send me. Didn't take much, just a touch from the master. That's all it takes. Just a touch. These calls, they're, discom- they're, they're uncomfortable. We re- it's going to require that we rely fully on the Lord. That we, that we realize we can't do it. We can't serve the Lord in our own strength. Many times we talk about this and we think about, well, I don't have the abilities. Certainly, none of us have the ability to do what God would want us to do. We need His help to do that. But I think it's more than that. It's our availability. That's harder. It's harder to do that. Relying on His strength certainly is difficult. But what about our time? Are we available? Are we willing to give more of it to the Lord and His service? Could be our career path. A position. Maybe you want to keep moving up and the Lord says, no, I think you should just stay right where you're at. Do we do that? The world would say, just keep going. Where do we live? How we live? These are all things the Lord can call us on. These are all things the Lord will check us on. These are all things we need to be able to answer to. The call of God gets down to the very, very minutia of our life, if we'll let it. It's easy to make light of it. It's easy to ignore it. Like those servants did, like those people who were bid to the wedding. We don't want to do that. The blessing comes when we respond to it. The blessing comes when we honor the Lord. The blessing comes when we answer the Lord. The blessing comes when we obey the Lord. These days, it's all about rights. It's all about questioning authority. You want to question God's authority? That's not a very fun road to go down. I don't want to suggest that to anyone. God called a lot of people 
in the Bible, we can see that God, you're, you're going to be, it could be anywhere, doing anything, and the, and the call of God could come. I, I remember anticipating a phone call when I was waiting to find out if I'd be teaching at Cleveland High School or not. You go through the whole process, and then they say, we'll call you later. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But they said they'd call me by such and such a time. And they did. And I was excited to hear that I got the job. So sometimes we anticipate calls. You can get unexpected calls. I remember getting one in 2016 as I was walking away from Cleveland High School in August, right before school started, and found out that my dad had passed away suddenly. We get unexpected calls. How about Moses? We've been hearing a lot about Moses lately. He was just tending his sheep, walking around a mountain. Was he expecting anything? We won't, it's hard to know. When you see a bush that's burning and it's not consumed, well, that's going to get your attention, though. And it says that Moses, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. I always find that to be a funny verse. Did he really say it like that? I would have said, like, whoa, what's that? What's going on here? That was very, the, the old English cracks me up. Anyway, and when, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, said it twice. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not high hither. Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moses knew what was up now. In verse 10, Come now therefore, and I will send thee into Pharaoh. That's a call. That was a burden. You can bet that Moses had a burden immediately. Me? In fact, he says, Who am I? The next verse. That's that's an that's a call that's difficult. Samuel. He's just lying down in bed. Just a kid. Yes, kids get a call too. Your age doesn't matter. How about the disciples? Most of them were on the job, tending their nets. In Matthew 4, we read that uh, two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, casting a net in the sea, and they were fishers. Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make of fishers of men. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. Straightway. And going on from thence, he saw two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father. They left the ship and their father and followed him. Jesus passed in chapter in chapter 9 of Matthew. Jesus passed forth from thence and saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. 
We have Peter. He's feeling disappointed. Jesus has been crucified. And he's, I'm going fishing. He loved fishing. So that's where he was. Jesus called them back in, had some dinner waiting for them when they got back onto the shore. And Jesus started asking Peter a question. And the third time, he asked the same question, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Third time he'd asked him that. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. When Jesus makes, when he calls us, it's, it's out of love and he wants, to look, wants us to know that he loves us. But he also has a job for us to do. He didn't stop there. He said, feed my sheep. You have a job to do. I need you to do this. Philip, heard about Philip this morning. He was in the middle of a revival. And God said, I need you to come over here now. And the, Lord, and the angel of the Lord spake to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem. And the next verse says, He arose and went. Obey. We need to obey. We need to listen. It wasn't Philip's idea. God said, Hey, I need you over here now. But he didn't say, Well, but look what's happening here. I need, why, I shouldn't leave this. He just went. And we, we read that wonderful account where he meets that Ethiopian eunuch and he ends up baptizing in, uh, there in the desert. It's amazing. And then before he can rejoice with the Ethiopian man, he gets sent somewhere else. Doesn't even get to enjoy that time with him. But the Lord knew what he needed. The Lord knew where he wanted him. There's more. But I'll keep going instead. Our response, just like we heard this morning, is the critical part of the call. God's call can be exactly what we need to do. And if we don't respond, it's worthless. 1 Kings 19. Starting at verse 19. 1 Kings 19, 19. So Elijah departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. That was the call. That's the call. Elisha must have been expecting something because his response is immediate. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? Elijah just kind of said, blows it off, like, do whatever you need to do. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instrument of oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. He was working. He wasn't praying. He wasn't in the synagogue. 
he was in a field plowing. And he was fully committed. Fully committed. The call is going out tonight. That universal call for those that aren't saved. Tonight's the night. Don't take it lightly. It's an opportunity to be from death to life. It's an opportunity to have newness of life. But that call is not just for those that aren't saved, saints. It's for all of us. The Lord, we, have you ever sung the song, He's still working on me? Is He still working on you? He's working on me. That call does not stop. The Lord continues to call. It's a call to consecrate. A call to dedicate your life. A call to give more than you thought you could. A call to do what you thought you couldn't. A call to be where you thought you wouldn't. A call to serve, though you may not know how. As we pray tonight, we should not be the ones telling God what we're going to do. We can get caught doing that. Lord, I'll do this for you. Lord, I'll do that for you. Don't go there. Listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. What does He want you to do? Acknowledge what He's asking of you. That's where the blessing lies. We can tell the Lord we're going to do whatever we're going to do. But if it's not His plan, it's the wrong thing. But we know exactly if we put our trust in the Lord, if we'll open our ears and our hearts to the Lord tonight and listen for that call, you, we, we can know we'll be blessed like we heard that song tonight. We are blessed. The opportunity tonight is to come now. That call is going out. Seek the Lord. Seek what His will is in your life. Whatever the needs are, He knows what you need. He'll call those things. Let's dedicate, consecrate, and give our lives to the Lord and see what God can do for us. 482 is the song. Won't you come and pray?